Boston Celtics get a hard-fought win behind their defense, behind Jason Tatum, who was awesome, behind Jalen Brown, also awesome, Al Horford. I'm going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I got you covered every single day with a free, fresh podcast that drops directly to your device if you subscribe. So open up that favorite podcasting app of yours, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, something else, hit subscribe, boom, whenever I publish, you get yourself a new podcast. You can also watch the show on YouTube, hop into the comments section there, let me know what you're thinking about this game or whatever I'm saying. I'm John Corrales. If you don't know me, I used to play a long time ago, and now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And today I'm talking about the Celtics 118-101 win over the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Later on, I'll get into some of the other performances like O'Shea Brissett, uh, Al Horford. Uh, But let's just start out with this. This There's a hard-fought win, a weird game, where they lost Kristaps Porzingis in the first quarter, and the whole kind of game plan goes out the window at that point. You, they have to play O'Shea Brissett. They have to find some contributions from somewhere else, and it it looked good at first. Like the Celtics come out to uh, a big early lead. Uh, first quarter, they were up by what, like 12, uh, 29-17, and then Porzingis is out. There's foul trouble. It's a weird foul game, weird, weirdly officiated game where the Celtics didn't get free throws in the first half, which is bizarre. They they got to the rim. They they got to the paint plenty. Uh, usually when a team is attacking like that, some fouls somewhere present themselves, but they didn't. And so the Celtics went the whole first half without a free throw, but they still managed to finish the 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 half up up nine. Uh, they had a ton of turnovers in the second quarter, which was not great. That's allowed the Indiana Pacers to kind of hang around. The Pacers made a bunch of runs, but the Celtics kept answering. And I think that's like one big takeaway number one. Once again, the Celtics were able to withstand another team's runs. And you could say, look, from the Pacers' perspective, they shot 8 of 42, 8 of 42 from the three-point line, which is a ridiculous number, 19%. That's that's not something that the Pacers normally do. They're not going to do that on Monday night. So they can sit there and say, look, we made our runs, but we also shot like crap. If you shoot normally, then that this could be a Pacers win. Fair enough. It's fair enough. That That's entirely possible. Uh, but look, the Celtics didn't have Porzingis, and they – they, not only did they not shoot free throws in the beginning, they they couldn't hit free throws once they started shooting them. 10 of 19 from the line, at one point, they were below 30%. Uh, but look, weirdness happens in NBA games, especially at this time of year. 
The Pacers couldn't hit anything, yet they still made their runs. And the bottom line is they never, the Celtics never allowed these runs to get past uh, getting the, the Pacers a lead. They never allowed the runs to extend so long that the Pacers got a lead. And you know how it goes. We've seen the Celtics play plenty of these games. You fight, fight, fight. And then once you get the lead, all of a sudden you're, it, it takes off. You know, you're behind the whole game. You finally take a lead. Next thing you know, you're on a, a 20 to five run and it's, it's over. Right. And, and the Pacers kind of felt like maybe they were going to do that in the third quarter. I thought, when they were making a run, I said, if they, get, if they take a lead here, this could be a wrap for the Celtics. But Boston never allowed them to do that. They never allowed the Pacers to get over that hump. And that's super, super important. And that's contributions from Jalen Brown, who had a really important stretch there at the end of the third quarter to not allow this to happen. From Al Horford, from just different guys, Jason Tatum, obviously. That that was super important. The Celtics' defense, they came in, I think, playing strong defense and attacking the rim. And that's how they, they kind of set the tone. The Celtics got to the rim kind of whenever they wanted. They were playing good defense, even though some of these misses are certainly the Pacers just missing, just flat-out missing. Uh, some of it is good defense. The, the signature play of this game, I thought, was there are probably two of them, but one of them was the the double block on Buddy Heald, who was three of ten. Like he's not going to shoot three of ten, for, so he's not going to do that again. Uh, Aaron Neesmith, zero of seven. That's not going to happen again. But on Buddy Heald, Jalen Brown comes down, swats the shot, blocks it. It ends up back in Buddy Heald's hands. O'Shea Brissett comes from behind, smacks it out, uh, blocks that shot. That's a a, a real a uh, critical stretch there for the Celtics. They they really came to play defensively. Now it wasn't always perfect defensively, but they they the, the half court defense was really really good. So good for the Celtics for um, bringing that kind of energy and and keeping that kind of energy. Uh, Tatum and Brown were were really really good. Combined sixty nine points, thirty eight for Tatum, thirty one for Jalen Brown. Jalen, 10 points in the first quarter, uh, nine points in the third. He kind of spread it out. And like I said, the end of the third quarter stretch from Jalen was really important. He sets the tone early uh, as usual. And in the fourth quarter, he hit a couple of shots. Uh, the dunk at the end, like a couple of dunks at the end, where uh, one of them was the other signature play, Al Horford, getting the like the, the high hands, jumping up and uh, like a linebacker uh, intercepting a quarterback. You ever see those plays where a linebacker is just uh, right behind the line of scrimmage? Quarterback's trying to dump something off over the and, and he just doesn't see him and boom, jumps up, grabs it, and goes the other way. That's Al Horford. Comes down, alley-oop to uh, Jalen Brown. So Jalen, Jalen made the contributions when he needed to and had a very, very good game. Jason Tatum, dominant fourth quarter. I mean, dominating that fourth quarter. 15 points to go along with five rebounds and assists, the steal. Uh, perfect three of three from three. Got to the line a couple of times. The 
th- this was absolute dominant Jason Tatum. And in this level of domination, it's not something we've seen a ton of this year, right? Like, and, and maybe it's just coming, maybe it's just coming around the corner in January, February, March, like that stretch is, is Jason Tatum time. We've seen him kind of take off at this time of year. Uh, he has historically started a little slow. So uh, maybe this is just him kind of the beginning of the breakout. Uh, but also Tatum said after the game, like it's about making the right plays. Like this year he swears, like I'm, he said, I'm truly just focused on the winning. I'm focused on helping my team win. And that's all I'm focused on. And that's, that's an important distinction, right? Because this is about the time where like he's, he's gotten paid. He knows he's going to get paid. He's made two first team all NBA. So he knows he's going to get the super max when he's up for his, his extension. That's all set. The money's not going to be an issue. So this is, he's proven what he's got to prove. And now the only thing left to prove is that he can win. And so in a lot of these fourth quarters, that's what he's doing, right? He's not, um, he's not just trying to dominate the fourth quarters with his shooting. We've seen Derek White, Christoph Porzingis, other guys. Jalen has had big fourth quarter. Drew Holiday has stepped up every once in a while. Like we've seen Tatum kind of be the, hey, I'm going to distribute guy. And he said after the game, this might not win me the MVP, but I just care. I just want this team to be the best that it can be. It's an interesting kind of departure for him to to say that kind of stuff because we know that awards are they mean something to him and they mean something to everybody. Like let's not let's not make it something like oh Tatum only cares about the awards or anything like that. If anybody thinks that, like no, um, all these guys. Like if I were playing. And I, I had the stats. I'd want first team all NBA. I'd want an all NBA spot. That's meaningful stuff on top of it. Meaning money. Like that's, that's legacy stuff. You want awards. I, I wanted awards, but you still also want to win and playing a certain way. If he's playing a certain way and it's leading to the wins, then you can't argue because at this point, the championships are the, the piece that are going to get, that's going to get Tatum to that next level of perception, I guess, right? Like he can win a couple of MVPs and not win a championship. And people will be like, okay, they treat him like Charles Barkley, who's an absolute legend, but we've seen how Charles gets treated on inside the NBA because he doesn't have any rings. You go out there and you win a few rings. Hell people talk about Robert Ori. Cause he's got, what is it? Seven. Um, and he hit a few big shots. He hit a few big shots, but like people are talking about, well, he should be in the hall of fame because of the, the, the shots and the rings. Like, like that's how people treat you. It's a ridiculous argument. It's an absolute ridiculous argument, but people will make that argument if you win some rings. And so is he ever going to win an MVP? I don't know. Maybe he might win it this year for all I know, but it's more important at this point for Tatum to win a finals MVP than a regular season MVP. That's you win a couple of finals MVPs. That means you've got a couple of rings and who gives a damn. If you've won regular season MVPs, Jason Tatum's going to go to the hall of fame at this rate 
He's he's one of the, the best Celtics ever. He might go down as the best Celtic ever. He's only in his mid-20s. Who knows what the next five, six years will bring? It's entirely possible that he finishes his career as in the argument for best Celtic ever. People will be like, well, is it Russ? Is it Larry? Or is it Tatum? He's not there yet, but he could be there. Now, he won't be there if he wins a couple of MVPs and no rings. He will be there if he wins a couple of rings and no MVPs. Now, maybe he won't be considered the top because guys like Larry Bird and Bill Russell have both. But regardless, that's how you get into the conversation. That's how you bust that door down. And so Tatum, yeah, he's going to have these dominant games. The bottom line is you got to do both. You got to have this 15-point fourth quarter. You have to have 38 points, 13 rebounds, and six assists. You have to be able to do that. And sometimes you also have to be 22 points, uh, nine assists, 14 rebounds, and a plus 30 in a game, right? Like you got to have that too. And so what if somebody else is doing the closing as far as scoring the points? If you're out there doing the important things, then yeah, you're you're making the positive impact and the wins, the wins are everything. So Interesting comments from him. I wrote about it on Boston Sports Journal. If you care to go read it, uh, go check that out. But yeah, Tatum, he's going to have to be this dominant self and he's going to have to be the other guy that sets his team up from time to time. And if he's both, if he has the capability of being both, then the Celtics are going to be unstoppable. It's the bottom line. Because if you play off of him, he'll torch you. If you double him, he'll torch you. And that's exactly where the Celtics need him to be. Uh, Al Horford was amazing in this game. Flirted with a triple-double. Ten points, eight assists, seven rebounds. Now, he didn't he didn't get close to the triple-double. He, he didn't just miss a triple-double. But when one of your stats is seven, you are flirting with the triple-double. That, that's flirting level. Not that I know what flirting is. I'm 50 years old and married. I don't I, I don't need to know what flirting is anymore outside of 10, eight and seven is flirting with a triple double, but Horford was great. That defensive play that I said before where, you know, that led to the uh, Jalen Brown alley-oop was amazing. He had another block shot that was, you know, just amazing hustle. That was earlier in the game coming over out of nowhere. He's been doing that a lot lately. The help side block shots. Horford is just, an amazing basketball player. He's this, this team is not the same without Al Horford. Well, what a, like what a well-constructed team this is. Uh, Horford just every once in a while, you'd look at this team. You're like, wow, man, like that guy's coming off the bench for this team. That is an amazing guy to come off the bench. What an amazing six man he is. He probably should win six man of the year. He won't because of the stats, but he, very easily is, you know, he could be considered the best six man in the league. One of the most important six men in the league for sure. But Tatum was amazing in this game. O'Shea Brissett, fantastic game from O'Shea Brissett. The energy. Now, Brad Stevens said the other day, he's looking for a big wing and that big wing could be on the team already. And O'Shea Brissett's like, I'm a big wing. I'm on the team. With no Al Horford against the, the Jazz, 
The Celtics turn to him, make some great hustle plays. Porzingis goes out with the scratched eyeball. He comes in and makes some great hustle plays. Side note, Aaron Neesmith didn't do it on purpose. Can we I – hope, I hope nobody's bringing that noise to the comments because he didn't – you can say, well, he was reckless. Well, okay, yeah, that's that's who Aaron Neesmith – he's just – they call him Crash. They haven't watched the game yet where Aaron Neesmith played where I, I haven't held my breath and be like, oh, my God, he's going to die. Like, that's how Aaron Neesmith is. But you can say, well, he was reckless. Okay, maybe, but wasn't wasn't coming from a bad place. He didn't do it on purpose. He wasn't like, oh, let me go injure Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Like, no, it just it happens. So anyway, O'Shea Brissett gets his opportunity, makes the most of it. Five offensive rebounds, tons of energy, uh, saving balls going from out of bounds. Uh, all that stuff hits a three pointer, gets a couple of shots to to fall. That's important stuff. And hey, if O'Shea Brissett can give the Celtics twenty minutes a game for the next month and a half until March, where they start to ramp up for the playoffs, if O'Shea Brissett can be another guy that Missoula can trust. And maybe give Jalen a night off. Maybe give Jason a night off. Maybe give somebody a night off. Somebody else, Derek White, somebody, just to preserve them. If he can give Missoula an option to do that, then that's that's huge. That would be huge. So great, great hustle plays from him. Great energy. I think he definitely um, earned more time, and that's important. I don't think I I don't think Brad Stevens is going to make a move at the deadline. If it is, it's a minor one. I don't think he's going to make a big one unless some weird thing happens. But I I don't see them making a move, and so O'Shea Brissett's going to have to be the guy. And so far, the past couple of games, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, shout out to the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets for beating the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. It's early. It's, you know, January. This is January 7th now. It's still early to be looking at standings, but I tell you what, a, a night like this, this is where you can look back. If the Celtics win the East by one, this is a night where you can look back and be like, hey, remember that hard-fought win against the Pacers? on the same night that the Bucks lost to Houston and the Sixers lost to the Jazz if if it's a one point if it's a one point uh, a one game margin this is the night you can look back and be like that's where they they got that game this is this is a difference maker type of night so shout out to them for that Boston Celtics are still your NBA belt champions i didn't mention this in yesterday's thing yesterday's podcast this is my own thing and I forgot to mention it yesterday, but the champs every year, Denver Nuggets this year came into the season. They have the NBA belt, quote unquote. It's a fictional belt. You got to defend it every night. So the the Nuggets had it, made its way through the league. Minnesota, Indy had it for a little bit. Uh, the Lakers had it after the in-season tournament, so on and so forth. Celtics have it now. They won it from Utah. They still have it after this. 
Celtics are the NBA belt champions. I want the NBA to make this a thing. I would love it. We've talked about it on the podcast before. I would love to see on the broadcast as they're running back and forth, the belt sitting at the scorer's table, just front and center. And the winning team comes off the floor at the end and grabs the belt, captain or whomever throws it over his shoulder and takes it into the locker room. Bring it to the next arena with you and we'll put it up for the next uh, the next game. It will not have to go to the next arena now because the Celtics play the Pacers again on Monday. It's going to be a much different game. Don't know how Kristaps Porzingis is, but he, according to people who saw him coming out of the locker room, he said he's fine. So hopefully it's nothing. They didn't need him, but saw early on how much they could use him. So hopefully he's back and he plays a full game against the Indiana Pacers. It's going to be a tough one. It's tough to win two in the same against the same team. I know the Boston Celtics just did it against Cleveland and Orlando. Got to do it again now. It's not easy. This is a tough stretch. Another game against Indy, then home for a, a Wednesday, Thursday, home road, Minnesota, Milwaukee back-to-back. If they can win, if they can beat the Pacers and then win those two games, this is this is a team that it's almost unstoppable if you if, if that's the case. And honestly, look, I, I don't think the Celtics can win a championship this year. I think they will win a championship this year. I think this is a championship team. I think this this Celtics team is a championship team. So those of you who are paying attention on a like on a regular basis, if you're here listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, that means you are paying attention to her on a regular basis. Prepare yourself for something special. I swear this team is winning a championship this year. I believe that deeply and I don't believe in jinxes. So I can say this without jinxing anything because jinxes aren't real. Celtics are winning a championship this year. They're that good. They continue to find ways to win. They don't let losses linger. They still have only lost twice in a row once this season. They don't let runs linger. They they sustained a bunch of runs against the Pacers here and fired back each time. Every time they fired back and they ended up winning this game. It's an amazing Celtics team to watch. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, and enjoy the podcast just after you watch a game or listening on the SiriusXM app. If you want to listen to Grandy and Max, come here afterwards, and we're just going to more often than not celebrate wins. So if you're an everydayer, if you're with me every Monday through Friday, and then on these bonus podcasts, share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.